0: Amen. How many of you know that God's taken you from where you are to an even better place? Yeah. You know, that, that is planned for you, that, that regardless of where you are, whether it's good or, or moderate or, or, or crazy, you know, uh, it's disruptive, whatever it is, that, that your, current, your current position does not compare to the end result that God has for you. That, 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 that the end result is going, going to be better than your current condition, and that God's taking you and he's leading you, and, and, and he, he's had it planned out for quite some time, folks. He said before you were formed in your mother's belly, He, he had, it's, it's like he had a dream about the future. He saw where you're going to fit, and he started shaping you and molting you and preparing you to get to the place to, you know, because there's an intended purpose for you. You know Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We know that one fairly well. That God has a plan. One translation says to to reach it to to uh, to the to the determined end. To, to the, the, his plan is to prosper you, not harm you to give you hope and a future to cause you to arrive at, at a determined end. He, he knows the end. Proverbs 14, 12 says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is messed up, right? The ends are, the, are death. Death is just separation from the life that Jesus came to reconnect us to so that we could reach the end that God had for us in the beginning. There's a way that seems right to you. And Sometimes, you know, it's easy to kind of wander outside of the leading of the Spirit because we think we know what seems right. This is the way we should handle it. This is the way we should go been down this road a hundred times and and I know what I'm doing. And, and, you know, with that mindset and with that, with that belief system, you can kind of get off track pretty easy because you're doing what seems right to you and you end up missing the end that he described for you at the beginning. See, Isaiah said that he, he declared your end at your beginning and, and it's easy to miss it when you're focused on the way. Well, it seems to me, this is the way we should, this seems to me. Well, don't focus on the way, focus on the end and let God direct the way. And if you let God direct the way, he'll get you to the end that he described at your beginning. And, it's, it, and where God's taking you is amazing. And you want to get there. Hello, somebody. I said you, you, you want to get there. But, but how many of you could also testify that along the way, life occurs? Hello. You know, it's, not, it's not always cake and ice cream, guys. You know, sometimes there's hardships and and battles and, and, you know, let me just ask, how many of you guys would love to have just an insanely huge victory? Come on, hold your hand up. You want great, great victory. Well, you're going to have to have great, great battle suckers, okay, because you can't have great, great victory with teeny, teeny battles. You know, we we know that, but yet in the middle, in the middle, we're thinking, I don't know, I should not have wanted any victory at all. I just kind of liked it back there. And, and uh, uh, all of that stuff. And so we, we've been talking about, you know, wh- what the Bible has to say and how to, how, to, how to make it through some of this stuff and, and, and to continue to prepare ourselves to receive what God's prepared for us. And, and, you know, in James chapter 1, starting at verse 2, he said, you know, I want you to consider it pure joy. And you've got to understand that pure joy is the highest level of joy you'll ever know. Okay? It's a joy that you could not even use words to describe. And he said, you got to realize that that joy comes when you're facing many trials, okay? And it's various types of trials, all different colors, all different shapes, sizes. If you're facing the same trial over and over again, that's not necessarily wisdom. That might actually be the stupidity of wickedness, which we'll read about in a minute. Because, you know, you don't have to deal with the same stuff, you know. You don't need to fail. You need to learn, right? But but the deal is, is that, that Without these trials, you wouldn't know the joy. See, and 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 you, if you get a revelation, you can actually like almost paralyze hell right now, because you know hell's using all of this stuff uh, uh, to to try to beat you down. But it's the same stuff that God's trying to use to elevate you up. A lot of times we th- we say stuff you, you know, and it's kind of we're we're kind of off. The mark a little bit when we say stuff, about, and and I'm not saying that the devil never messes with you. But listen, not everything that happens in your life is is the devil made it happen. You know, look, you you know, you go out of church and you walk up to the car and the tire's flat, and look, the devil's messing. No, there's no air in there. Okay, put air in there, you're done. Okay, it's it's a uh, you you got this thing. Uh, The same situation that you would like to blame the devil on is the situation that God would lead you into to make you stronger. Remember, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, uh, it's the same. The, see, they, God and the enemy will use the same environment but to try to create a different result. The enemy uses life to try to, to, to make you feel less about yourself and, 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 to, you know, and to point out your failures and your, you know, your, your inabilities. God will use that very same environment to show you the strength that's on the inside of you to acquaint you with your ability to walk through anything and know that I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way because Christ is infusing me with an inner strength. See, the same weight that can throw your back out can make your back stronger. It's not the weight, but it's how you're going to handle the weight. And that's what matters. And that's what he's talking about. Make, make sure that you know that that joy that I'm leading you to wouldn't be possible without the trial. Because you know some stuff. See, and the next verse says, because you know that the testing of your faith is, is going to produce perseverance. And, and, and you know this, that your faith is going to be tested. And, 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 and you know, the, the, the Jesus said it this way. He said, the sower sows the seed and the seed's the word of God, and immediately the, the, here comes this thief trying to steal the seed. Well, that's his job because if the seed ever takes root and starts producing fruit, you're going you're to do damage to darkness. And so you, immediately, have you ever noticed that when you make a biblical decision that it's wonderful all the way to the parking lot? You know, man, yes, I will love my neighbor. And on the way to the car, you get a text from him. And you want to go home and kill him. Well, the enemy comes to steal that seed. And he said, you know that your faith has got to be tested. And it's going to produce perseverance. And that perseverance, when it's finished, look what it says. That when it's finished, it's going to cause you to be mature and full grown and not lacking anything. God wants to eliminate the lack in your life. That there be no lack of joy, no lack of peace, no lack of hope, no lack of provision. No lack in your life. matter of fact, King James calls it perfect. That you would be made perfect wanting nothing. That you, you know, perfection is, is, is not that you have everything the world has to offer. There's a lot of things you need to learn to admire without the need to acquire. But, but the reality is, is that God's taken us to a place where lack is eliminated in our life. The, 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 it's, it's perfection. It's perfect. Look at somebody say perfect. See, God wants to take you to a place, and the place is called perfect. Now, this is perfect for you. This is perfect for you. The, the job is perfect. The spouse is perfect. The kids are perfect. There's some faith. Okay. You know, uh, it's, it's without lack. It's not, it's not the way that we think it. And, and, and so we know that God's taken us to a place without lack. Now, in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, uh, you know, Solomon, one of the smartest dudes ever, you know, he, he said, man, i i all this I tested by wisdom, and I said, I'm determined to be wise, but all this is beyond me, okay? So this place of perfection, and you try to wrap your brain around it, is probably beyond us to understand, you know, God's ways aren't your ways. His thoughts aren't your thought, not a put down, invitation up. But but he said, this is beyond me. And so verse 24, he said, so uh, I just saw that whatever exists far out, most around who can discover it. So here's what I did is I set myself up to to understand and investigate and search out the wisdom and the scheme of things. And I love what he said, to understand the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly. If I could just understand this, the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly. And, And see, most of the time we don't label what we do as wicked we don't like the word wicked. We, we, we make the word wicked cool, so, it, you know, because if I'm going to be wicked, it ought to be cool. So we'll say that is a wicked outfit, you know. Uh, but, but with the stupidity of wickedness, see, all of us in this room, all of us in this room at one point or another have done something stupid. May I see your hands? And if you didn't raise your hand, that was stupid. Okay? You should, you should you just own up to it because everybody around you is going, liar. Okay? The stupidity of wickedness and, and, and the madness of folly. And the reality is, is that our culture and our society, you look at the pace of things that we're doing. and We're out trying to accumulate, accumulate, accumulate all the things that God promised to bring us. That's madness. You said, seek me first in my kingdom, my, my way of doing, my way of being right. I'll bring to your life the things you need. You don't have to get all crazy trying to get what God's going to bring. Matter of fact, when you're crazy trying to get what God promised to bring, it's because it's an act of doubt. It, you know, it, it's you not trusting God. It's you thinking that, 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 that you're a better source than he is, that you got a better plan than he does, and you don't. And, and, and it's just, it just produces the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly. And, and we, you know, we we got to understand we can separate ourselves from that. We have, we have Christ in us. We have, I said we have Christ in us. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He's now quickening your mortal body. Man, you have, you have power. You have strength. You have ability to handle anything through Christ. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises against you. Man, you get to, you get to live out a life that just condemns that. You, you, you get to walk in the light and, and not in the darkness. See, well, you, you think because you're a Christian, you're better than the rest of us? Yeah. But not, not better that one. But my I live life without Christ. Life without Christ compared to life with Christ. Life with Christ, way better. Right? So you ought, to be, you ought to be clapping because you got Christ. And if any man be in Christ, he's new. Well, if you're new, why cling to the old? And that's what Jesus was teaching his disciples was, that, hey, there's another way to live life. See, this, this life, you know, the, the, the thief, he came to kill, to steal and destroy, right? John 10. The thief, he's going to try to hurt you. God's not going to hurt you. He's going to help you. You know, the thief, he came to knock you down. But God, God, God's not trying to knock you down. He's trying to lift you up. And, and he said that, that thief, he comes to kill, steal and destroy, But I came, You might have zoe, Z-O-E, the Greek word for life there. It's not just the ability to inhale and exhale, but it is life as God has it, God's kind of life. It's not a different level of your life. It's a different life altogether. See, it's new. It's new. See, a different level of your, well, think about it. If you operate in the stupidity of wickedness and you just go to a new level of the stupidity of wickedness, well, that would just be even a higher level of the stupidity of wickedness. No, he said, I came to give you a different life. And so Jesus came and he started showing him how to live this life, how to live God life because you're not acquainted with it, because the environment that you're born into in this world and and the separation from life and light. And Jesus said, hey, let me show you guys how to live this. And he started speaking it into the guys that were with him so that they could go out and take this message out and and change the world. And a lot of times we're under the impression that uh, uh, Jesus was like separated from real life. Well, God doesn't understand. Well, he was was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And, and he faced the same stuff that we do, and probably in, in probably every one of our situations in the room today, he, he probably dealt with hardships that were above ours. Now, I know that you're under the impression that nobody understands what you're going through. You know, I, I was in a car one time, and I got ran over by a logging truck. And, and when I was telling my sister about, I mean, literally, a logging truck ran over the front of the car, and she started telling me how bad her day had been. And I just sat there thinking, it does not compare to the logging truck. Okay? The funny part was I'd borrowed her car. (laughs) So so when I explained that part, then things got worse. But anyways... You know, we always think our thing's worse, you know, and uh, Jesus knows what you're, what you're dealing with. And, and he showed up, and in Matthew 5, starting at verse uh, 38, he said, you, you've heard, a matter of fact, let's just read 38 through 48, and then I'll come back and, and we'll talk a little bit. But you have heard what, that it is said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, offer from the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt make sure to give them your code as well. And if anybody forces you to go one mile, go to. And give to the body who's asking, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And, and you've heard it said, love your your neighbor, but hate your enemy. But I'm telling you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you might be the children of your Father in heaven. And He causes the sun to rise on the righteous and on the unrighteous. He causes the, the, the rain to fall on the righteous and on the unrighteous. And if you love those who love you, what's your reward? Even tax collectors do that. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Uh, Even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay. So here's what Jesus is telling his guys. Here's the expectation so that you can know life as God has it. All you have to do is be perfect. Oh, boy. Perfect. All you got to do to know God life is be perfect. Perfect. How, God, Jesus, if anybody should know, ought to be able to figure out by looking at us. That ain't going to happen. All you got to do is be perfect because God's perfect. <laughs> is that not like depressing? But maybe if we understood and got it into context, because the word, you see, you think of perfect as like having no flaw, if, uh, making no mistakes, of, of being, well, perfect. But the word perfect means to arrive at the end that was described. He's saying, if you live this lifestyle, it will deliver you to the place that God created you to exist. If you let him work in you and change the way you think, and if you'll elevate your thinking a little bit, and if you'll get this wisdom, if you'll step out of the stupidity of wickedness, if you'll kind of like reject the madness of folly, he will bring you to a place of great maturity, no lack in your life, and you'll hit the mark that you know, like an arrow that was shot from the bow. You'll you'll be a bullseye player. And and, and, and at the end of your life, you'll go perfect. At the end of the day, it'll be perfect because you will have accomplished the very thing which he intended for you to accomplish. It's not that you would never make a mistake, because he said, you know what? There's going to be trials, there's going to be tests, there's going to be confrontation, and there's going to be moments when you you think you're missing the mark. But just just remember the joy that's going to come on the other side of that trial, and and don't don't operate in the stupidity of wickedness, because you know the stupidity of wickedness looks at the middle instead of the end. See, because sometimes in the middle, God, you know, there's a way that seems right, but the end, and sometimes between here and the end, somewhere in the middle, we just declare, I'm done, it's over. And, and But that wasn't, that wasn't the end, that was the middle. And he said, if you just live life, trust God, love God, strive, strive. Man, it ain't going to be easy. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. Man, this, this Christian stuff is harder than you think. You know, why is it that we take God and, and, and we, we, because, well, I have God, and then we lower the level of our life because, well, you know, God is a, this insane forgiver. I can get away with anything. Why would you do that when you could take this God that will empower you to rise above what used to knock you down? Hello. Why, why, not, why not let God elevate you to a place where, where, where your life actually glorifies God. Let's go back where he said, and, and, and let's start and just kind of run through these. He said, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And to be honest with you, their culture their culture was, was uh, pretty, pretty good with this. This was, the, this was the lay of the land. You know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And, and, and when you picture Jesus, please don't picture Jesus like strolling through a pasture playing with sheep a nice, calm, peaceful. No, Jesus was born. Uh, uh, it, it, think about it. A king ordered the, the, the death of every male child his age trying to eradicate him off the face of the earth. His mom and dad had to pack him up, and, and, and basically they became illegal aliens. They left the country to save his life. He comes back in, and, and, and the Israelites are in bondage to the Romans. Jesus, Jesus, his entire life lived uh, uh, not as a free man, but yet he, he didn't live one day without freedom. I mean, you need to know that. That he, his, his people were under oppression. The, 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 the deck was stacked against them. It wasn't an easy life. And you have, you have, you have Jesus coming to you and saying, man, listen, guys, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And, 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 and when somebody did something against you, all your friends would get with you and we're going to go because you know what? If you hit me, I'm going to hit you harder. And and, and, you know, if you wound me, I'm gonna wound you deeper. And and if you take from me, I'm gonna come get everything you got. And I got friends. And 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 this was the this is how it goes. And he said, and you know what? Most of us are kind of like in agreement with that. An eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. Somebody did me wrong, and I'm gonna do them wrong back, and I'm justified because they started it. But I say don't resist here's the deal. If if we live eye for eye and tooth for tooth, we're all going to be blind and toothless. (laughs) Right? Because you know, come on. You know, you, you, you took what I have, I'm taking more of your, and, and that's going to perpetuate the stupidity of weakness. Jesus is saying, don't, don't, don't resist the evil person that way, uh, and, and, and realize that uh, there's a reason, there's a purpose, because if, if somebody slaps you on the right, turn the other, and you're, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I read this, and I'm going, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, you know, good luck, man. I'm t- and, and there's a hundred different ways, a thousand ways to, to be slapped in the face, isn't there? You know, somebody says something, it's like a slap in the face. Somebody you've invested in that walks out, slap in the face. Somebody, somebody that you've poured your heart out to and they share it, this is like a slap in the face. And, and, so, you know, somebody who shouldn't do what they just did and it's a slap in the face. And Jesus is saying, you know, off from the other one, well, man, I'm going to get taken advantage of. It's hard to take advantage of someone who's giving you the advantage. Because if you go eye for eye, tooth for tooth, what you're doing is you're allowing them to determine that you are just like them. And he's saying, what I want you to do is elevate. And say, uh, you know what? I feel bad that you did that. But I walk in forgiveness. We're good. Be forgiven, and see in that light, it's a little easier to take. Don't 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 go after vengeance. As a matter of fact, God said, "I'll I'll handle vengeance." But elevate. Why? Because because this path to the end that I declared over you at the beginning, this path requires that you walk in forgiveness. Okay, man, I, 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 okay, let's take a step, man. It's just one step every day. Okay, let's walk in forgiveness. But, but, but he don't stop there. Dang it. I mean, look, look at the next one. He says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, give them your coat too. Okay, I, I get this forgiveness and the power of forgiveness thing. I got it. Okay, we're going to walk in forgiveness. But now I got some jack wagon loser who wants to take what I've worked hard to produce and he wants to take it from me because he's too lazy or he's just jealous or, you know, or, or he's going to find some way to get what I got and now you want me to give him not only what he's asked for not only what he takes me to court for but now you want, you want me to give him my coat too. you want me to increase it just remember this that Jesus never lowered the bar well you know tithing that's Old Testament well, so is murder You know, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That's Old Testament. But Jesus is raising the bar. So if you think tithings are under the law, then you should never stop at 10%. You're going to have to go above that. Because Jesus would never lower the bar. And that's what he's teaching his disciples here. See, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's like if you were cruising t- through town and, and, you know, and you just got a new outfit and you were feeling pretty good, it, it, like maybe it had been your birthday or something and you had a bunch of friends and they brought you clothes and, and you got dressed up and you went out and, 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 you know, let's say John's walking down the street and and, and he's got a crowd around him and, he, and, and and these Roman soldiers coming down the road and they saw John and his friends and, and they realized that John was kind of like the, uh, uh, the life of that party and they felt a little bit intimidated by that because we don't want you thinking that you're anything more than a dog. And, and because we're we're in control here, okay? These Romans they were in control, and they see John and they say, "Hey, buddy, uh, hold on there a minute." And they stop John and his crowd, and, and and the soldier looks at his friends and he says, "Isn't that a great looking shirt? Yeah, yeah, it really is. That's a great looking shirt, you know. And and and, uh, uh, and, and this guy's name is Sassy, you know. And Sassy, Sassy, he's he's like he's like uh, th- that shirt is so awesome. But you know, it's kind of cold out tonight." Give me that shirt. I want your shirt. And John's reaction initially to deal with Big Sassy, Jesus says, Don't do what you're thinking. Because, you know, if you don't give him your shirt, Big Sassy can kill little John. And they won't do anything about it. Uh, give him your coat, too. And it's almost as if saying, you know, to John, John, just take your shirt off, and as you hand it to Big Sassy, just remind Big Sassy that it really is cold out here, and obviously you're more tender than I am. And, and, and I I'll, I'll want, you, want, you to, want you to not, you know, get a chill. But i got to tell you something about this shirt. This shirt looks great by itself, but you should see it with a jacket that matches it. And it wouldn't be right to give you that shirt without giving you the jacket that sets it off. Man, and, and he said, just elevate yourself and, and have a mindset that just blows that other mindset away. Don't, resist. don't be the same. Don't, don't, be, don't be brought down to, to that level. Don't be brought down there. And, and I know what you're thinking. This is hard. Yeah, yeah. This following Jesus stuff is hard. Difficult is the way. You, you know, he ain't trying to make it easier. Matter of fact, you got to get it through your brain that you got people watching you, following you, taking notes on you, waiting for you to make a mistake. Well, I mean, what, it's so weird to me that, uh, that, that a kid will get on fire for God and start going to youth group or maybe, maybe go over there, you, you know, to the Bible school and you got family and friends that start warring against them making it like, like they're making horrible choices. No, last week they were, they were doing meth. This week they're serving Jesus. Meth we could handle because it didn't make me feel guilty. Now you're living for Jesus. And I got to tear you down and try to find something wrong with it. And you got to get it through your mind. You got to understand this, that those people who are watching you and marking you and tracking you and taking notes on you, that they find your lowest level of maturity And they build their entire existence around your lowest level and justify everything in their life because of the last stupid thing that you did. They don't elevate to your high mark. They drop to your lowest level. So you got to know that your lowest level of maturity is the top of their game. And when you allow yourself, when you allow yourself to go low, you license them to a life much lower. And if you're going to elevate people, if you're going to pull people up, you're going to have to live pretty high. He doesn't even stop there. He, look, at, look at 41. If, if somebody forces you to go a mile, go to. You know, because that big sassy's a little irritated, a little John. And he sees him a couple days later. And, and, and Roman law. He can take his pack. And he can, he can require you know, the Israelite, to carry that pack for one mile. No excuses. And, 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 you know, he's coming down the road with his friends, and they point out, hey, there's that guy that gave you the shirt and the coat. By the way, that shirt and coat is bad. Man, it's wicked. (laughs) There's that guy. Oh, yeah, there's that guy. Hey, stop. Your name is John, right? Hey, John, um, I'm tired. It's hot out here. And we've been going a long ways. And my mules, he's looking a little... He's looking a little off. Uh, why don't you take his pack, walk right behind my mule, give me a mile, and I got to tell you, to be honest with you, that that mile, I could think of some pretty wicked things to do to you, to prove to you that you should not have messed with me. Couldn't you? What a mile! What a mile! But Jesus, tell him, hey, you know, before you take that last step, you can make a choice. You, you can make a decision. See, you can walk a mile because you're a slave or you can walk two miles because you're free. And when, and, and, and when Big Sassy says, okay, give me back the pack, you can say, what are you talking about? Wait, wait. Yeah, you can force me to go one, but I choose to go two. By, by the way, I'll never go your distance. I'll set the distance. And I will always do twice as much as you. So let's keep going, cowboy and you walk two miles in freedom, or one mile as a slave. He said, "You increase the gift. They're still in your time. They're still in your resource. They're taking, make it a seed, make it a gift, increase the gift. Don't go lower. Go bigger. Look at 42. He said, give to the one who asks, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow. quiet. I'll just keep rolling. You've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, but I'm saying, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Oh, I'm praying for them. I'm praying that fire from heaven come down and consume them. I'm praying that the, thou, that, the, that the fleas of a thousand camels invest their armpits. I'm praying that they never have another night's rest in the, the rest of their life. No, that's not what he's talking about. Pray the blessing of God. The blessing of God upon their life. You want to know the way to break through into real freedom? Choose this way. Not your way. Choose this way. Look at verse 45. He said that you might be the children of your father in heaven, which kind of implies that if you don't this, don't do this, your, your relationship's questionable. Prove that you're God's kids. Glorify your father. Don't justify yourself. See, anytime you gotta justify yourself, you're probably not gonna glorify your father. So just do it and and know that he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. Verse 46, he said, if you love those who love you, what's your reward? And and even tax collectors do that. And and 47, he said, if you greet only your own people. And here's here's the phrase I hope you can walk out with and just meditate this week. What are you doing more than others? See, when God's looking at us, he's not looking at us as as people who will just fit in and do like everybody else. He expects more out of you. I'm telling you, well, why? He sent Jesus so that you would have more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness, more. He's a God of more. It's an abundant life. Where's your God life at? Let me tell you, you'll know when you're walking in God life because you'll be willing not only to receive more, but you'll be willing to invest more. Even people, even people, who claim that God doesn't exist. They do that. Why would you live as somebody who says God doesn't exist when you know God, and you know the Word of God, and you know the presence of God, and you know the power of God, and you know the goodness of God? Don't answer that text. It could be important. Don't be, don't be, don't be the guy that lowers himself to somebody else's low spot. Be the guy that sets the high mark for those who are following you to a place where they might follow Christ. And then you'll hit 48, and you'll find out perfect. Because he's perfect. He ain't lacking nothing. He's complete. Man, you you want a complete life? You want an unbroken life? You want a life that, that isn't missing anything? Do it his way not your way. Because you know what? When you go about it your way, you can collect a lot of stuff, but there's never enough. You can can eat a lot of bread, but you're still hungry. You can drink a lot of water, but there's still a thirst in you. You can can do all kinds of stuff, but if you would allow God to speak into it, you'd find fulfillment from some of the craziest things, from some of the simplest moments, and your life would be so much better. Don't, Don't let a world... That's filled with darkness and desiring to oppress you. Don't let them hold you bondage. Don't be afraid. Don't be powerless. But make a decision. I'm not gonna react, but I am going to act. And I'm gonna let God change me. Because if He can change me, He's changing the world. We're on our way to change the world. So the change has got to start with me. Bow your head. We're all going to pray a prayer together. If you're here today, maybe the first step is to let God be God in your life. Maybe, maybe today there's a moment in this, in this service when, you know, something just touched you and you go, man, I, I need to change. Well, let's, let's, let's make this prayer personal. Maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, prayed what we might call the sinner's prayer. Maybe you've prayed that a hundred times. Here's the question. Is today the day that you just need to make it right with God? That you need to uh, allow God to take His position of authority in your life and you to surrender? If that's you, while no one's looking around, I won't call you out or embarrass you. but if you're here today and you say, "You know what, Tom, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this prayer my prayer today. I want to agree with you in prayer. Would you, would you just hold your hand up real high so I can see it? I just want to agree with you. And thank you, Thank you. 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 You can put them down. You can put them down. Hey, it's awesome. I'm telling you the best, the best decision that we ever made, any of us was the day that we decided to get real with God because that's the day God was able to get real with us. I just want everybody to pray this with me. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Please come into my life and change me. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give him one more big round of applause. He's worthy.